0: Photographs of 140 fictional missing people, all with their own backstories, make up the latest exhibition by Auckland mixed media artist and poet Lynn marie Harris. Missing will go on show at the upcoming Auckland Fringe Festival, where visitors will be invited to have their photographs taken and added to the Wall of Faces people from around the world contributed their selfies to the show then Lynn Marie created stories about their lives and their last known whereabouts some of the photographs are on our web page to take a look well Lynn Marie says that while many of the stories are lighthearted the show highlights the fact that many people do go missing
1: i just felt that especially the last couple of years that we've had everyone at certain times in their lives goes missing. You know, it can be mentally, it can be physically. You hear a lot, you know, especially women saying, you know, I had children I had menopause and I've lost a bit of myself. I'm, I'm different, I've changed. Or people when they have children or different career moves, so many things in our life happens and we're not always 100% mentally engaged And, of course, there is the physical aspect as well of people physically going missing as well. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of cover both of them in my project.
0: I have to say, when I was having a look at some of the images, I was transported to some awful moments in our recent history, be it the Christchurch earthquakes or 9-11 or some of the school shootings that have happened overseas, where you have these photographs of people in the media or on a fence with flowers in front of them, of these people who are missing. I guess that's part of the story that you're telling too. I think it's
1: when you are face to face with a photograph of somebody that you don't know, but then you might feel maybe I do recognize them or their clothing or their hairstyle resonates with you in some way that that sparks an emotion where you start thinking wow what about if that was my brother or if that was my little sister or if that was my son Um, and it opens up that whole aspect in your heart and mind of what would happen if this happened to me or us as a family or a school How would we feel? How would we cope with this? And how do you also stop that person just becoming a photograph, just an image? And how in this day and age of so much media, how do people go missing? It's an everyday occurrence. People go missing every day and some are never seen again. And you think, how is this possible?
0: People entering the exhibition will see, more than one hundred and forty photographs, and these are f- fictional yes. missing people. I think one of the things I love about yes. this is also you have put a lot of work <laughs> into creating um, backstories <laughs> for these people. Can you give us a feeling for you know a range of these fictional missing people, their their backstories, their their last known whereabouts, you know, and a little bit about them.
1: I was lucky enough to be sent from all around the globe different photographs. I said that I didn't want a perfect photograph because that's one of the things that also triggered me. When you're looking at missing people's profiles, sometimes their photos are really bad. And I thought if I went missing and my husband or best friend or sister sent in an awful picture of me, I'd be so mad with them. Like, do they not want me back? And that was one of the things that I said to people, I don't want a perfect selfie. It's got to be a kind of random picture of you looking the other way or buying an ice cream or something like that. So then when I got all the photos together, I literally would get a photo and think, right, I Googled cities around the world I picked a city and then I'd choose a name that was similar to that place and then luckily I am creative and quite bonkers so then as soon as I had that little bit of information I imagined them you know what were they doing had they gone out to buy a kebab had they gone to have their hair done had they had a argument with their boyfriend even one person had run away from a nunnery so there's a lot of people and stories going on in there. And I actually loved doing that because again, I got transported away in my own little world where I was creating these fictional characters who by the end of writing 140 of them, I felt like they I actually knew them. Who were a couple that became quite dear to you? One of my best friends, Kev, his mum and dad I've got their picture and they look like very nice elderly Couple outside their caravan is their photo. And I created them into being criminals who actually were major drug dealers and had a stash of weapons, forged documents, and actually had been running a crime syndicate for the last three decades in the UK. Yeah. So they were quite funny to me because I called them the moons they look so sweet and innocent in this photo and then just create this whole backstory of the, a, a secret life, which everyone could have right behind closed doors. Who knows what goes on?
0: Well, also, I mean, it's quite easy to have a secret life these days because of things like the Sims programs, or even if you're dating, you can create a false profile. I mean, that kind of ties in with this as well, isn't it? The image that we see, we don't know the truth of it often.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, people say, oh, I went on a dating website and I looked at their profile and then, you know, they turned up and it's like nothing like them. Or that was them fifteen years ago. Or and I think people do get trapped in that as well. You know, some people sent me pictures where they thought they looked their most glamorous in their life. And then other people sent me photos where they looked the most hideous in their life saying, Oh, yuck. Oh, this is me when I had an eye infection and it looks like I've got a black eye. So I created a story with that, whereas somebody else sent me a picture where they, you know, looked really glamorous and was almost going to a wedding. So it's really interesting to see people how they want to be shown as well to the public.
0: You enjoy interactivity with your work which I I find really joyous actually you're not just going in there and looking and walking out you're encouraged to be interactive so those coming to the gallery but they can they can become part of this they can have their faces on the wall and their backstory right? Yes they can at the gallery at Beautiful Things Gallery
1: um, where it's held Dave who owns the gallery we discussed about how we could make people be part of be part of this and he said "Oh, we could take photographs and people could put on props and then I could send you the photo and you can write a missing profile and then they get printed off their own missing profile poster so um, at the gallery there is the green screen and you can choose your background have your photo taken then it gets sent to me and then we print you off your own missing profile so it's really interactive so it's nice to have something like that because sometimes people go to a gallery and you kind of look and then that's it done. Whereas this, you can take something away with
0: you. Well, that reminds me also of the bloom effect that you did, which was interactive, uh, inviting people to express how they felt about the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I imagine you must have had some very strong and meaningful responses to that, Lynn Marie. Yeah, we did. I
1: did the bloom effect with. Um, Rowan from Threadworks who is a really talented artist as well and when we did the Bloom Effect we actually met we met a lady um, in Epsom Library and she was actually in tears talking to us about what she had written. One of the things that we did with the Bloom Effect was when people wrote down their fear or their worry or what they'd like to get rid of They rolled it up and they put it into the tree to the bloom effect. And we actually didn't read any of them. That was one of the things that we did. So we didn't read any of the papers. Then they got composted into compost and back into the earth. So I know that people have told me they wrote quite intense things, but we actually didn't read any of them because we decided to keep it as a
0: privacy and allow people to really write from the heart during the lockdowns there was an awful lot of entertainment and the comedians did a great job for example and some little online dramas as well fantastic you know for for entertainment and for distraction but this goes that bit deeper doesn't it which is helping people to make sense of what they're feeling is this the kind of work that you want to keep this area lynn-marie that you want to keep working in yes mainly because i'm an extrovert.
1: I love people. I love engaging with people, talking with people, new opportunities, different places. I love change. Of course, going back to the pandemic, the last couple of years, we have been isolated and we have been alone. And it's taken its toll on a lot of people. And now is the time where we need to reopen and come back together and be part of something. I think people want to be part of something and maybe be a part of something new. Lots of people tell me they're not creative, I'm not artistic, when they actually are if they're
0: given an opportunity to be. Lynn marie Harris talking about her Auckland Fringe Festival exhibition Missing that opens on the 30th of August at Beautiful Things Gallery and a percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Youthline NZ.